view uh, take you know um, give backs, um whatever instead of just going to buy it outside we have it in the church i would have loved to display more from within the church on this special day so and um this is also the medical equipment of one member but um i think this one is just to um, you will need this one <laughs> Praise God. And um, this is also a question from um, one of our uh, people in church. And uh, we have people, you know, we told, I said the other day that we are redefining what our care group system is. Because you see, the care group system is not another church. We talk about go for convention. Another way we can see when we meet in those small, small groups, what we think we are doing is just to have another service. Now, either to that has been how it has been, but we are taking it further to making sure that people connect by their they connect by their careers, they connect by their professions in church. So, for instance, now it was when we recently with the survey we did last week uh, was helpful, and you see that quite all right now we started even taking data in church. Registering most of us by um, by what we call by digital means. By next week Sunday, by God also, we are going to you are going to see us taking doing another form of registration. We want to capture another demography of people in church based on your career, your business, your profession, so that um, we can link people up in that field. So, for instance, now. Most of the fashion designers in church, um, by the time they begin to meet, I believe that they can do great things together as designers because they can import materials together, distribute the materials among themselves, and um, instead of just doing it alone. So our care group system is changing. We are grouping people together based on their businesses, Based on their careers, and those of you who um, together so that you can go for seminars, go for seminars, go go together. So when you see um, the registration that is. Um, people from every field. So we want to know the area that people are based professionally, based based on their being in church, so that we can know how to be.
to sponsor students of that academy who will do well up to the tune of 500. And, um, so when we are targeting about close to over 20, they said they can accommodate about 20 people. partner will do well. So if, um, it's something I want all of us to look forward to as we also um, change um, on improving the sort of these things can be put in place. I, uh, what can I say that we clap and laugh this morning? At People don't know that my mother trained me also. Time of selling. That's the title of today's seminar. And um, we are just digressing um, a bit from the series we've been running on our end of the year family Thanksgiving is coming by the second week of to come together from to what we are doing today. Praise the name of Jesus. The paradigm of verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in us, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3. And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit. Is leave also to weed you know, sitting in the seat of sinners. But there are two combinations to this, which we are going to actually deal with later. But what is a paradigm? What is a paradigm? The word paradigm, you know, first evolved from the 1400 um, century. And um, the, whenever you hear the word paradigm, it actually means how people view or look at things. That's just the summary, all right? Um, it means how th a, the perspective with which a particular thing or subject is viewed, how you reason about a particular subject or a particular thing. That is a paradigm, all right? And um, it also means the general accepted perspective of a particular discipline at a given time. The, general, the generally accepted perspective, the generally accepted perspective of a particular discipline at a given time. So I've given you two definitions. The first one is a prevailing view of things. A prevailing view of things. That's the meaning of the word paradigm. A prevailing view of things. And the second meaning is 
the generally accepted perspective of a particular discipline at a given time. Now, as Christians, let's look at the paradigm of financial prosperity. How do we view financial prosperity? What is the generally accepted view of, or most accepted view among Christians for the principle of financial prosperity? The, there are a group of Christians or a group of people who believe that financial prosperity only simply answers to hard work. God has nothing to do with it. So, for instance, now, this group of people believe that, you see, you don't need to give offering, you don't need to give tithes, you don't need to give all those things, they are scam. And they will say to you that, does Bigel pay tithe, does Elon Musk pay tithe, does T. Joe pay tithe or offering, um, all the church is a scam, pastors are scamming you and all the rest of the things that you don't need to do all those things. So just work hard and uh, make your money and live a good life and the rest. That is a perspective. That is a paradigm. That is a, a way an some part of the society view any subject of financiality. That is one school of thought. The other paradigm or the other view of things about financial prosperity is this group of people who also believe that everything about financial prosperity solely depends on God. So this group of people believe that just tithes, just give offering, just sow seed, seeds, yes, seed there, give to this man of God, give to this man of God, do this. See, the more I give, the more I do this, that is the more I will be blessed. All right? And this school of thought also has a basis for it because it is biblical. That's another school of thought. That's another paradigm. Now, either of this is is balanced. If financial prosperity only answers giving tithe, giving offering, so it and all those things, you don't have a balanced view. If you also believe that anything that has to do with financial prosperity or your prosperity in life, that you don't need God, has nothing to do with God. You so also don't ask. You don't also have a balanced view. Now it takes two wings to fly high. So, as Christians, what the paradigm of selling, what we're about to teach today is for us to have that balanced view. Because, you see, you must not be tilted towards this money. You must, you must be able to strike the balance. And for most of us, we've not been able to strike the balance. Praise the Lord. Now, the first thing I want you to know about money, because today's business and career service, is that money answers to value creation. Money answers to value creation. The scripture we just read, even though the man, the Bible is blessed because he does not sit in the seat of the scornful, he does not walk in the way of sinners, he is, is living a godly life. But you will see that towards the end, something was added. The Bible said that whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. So it simply means, even though this man is in the sense of the sinners, he's not following the counsel of the ungodly. If he stops at that, prosperity will not go. He has been able to combine godliness with doings. That is where Amen. Now, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, there are two interesting scriptures. When God created the animals, the Bible said in Genesis chapter 1 verse 22, that the Lord blessed them. And the Lord 
fruitful and multiply, fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. So God blessed the animal. And do you know something? He blessed the animals with the same blessing he blessed man with in Genesis 28. Human beings were not the only one that was blessed by God. All the animals were blessed by God. The same blessing God commanded on human beings in Genesis 1.28 was the same blessing God commanded on the goat, on the chicken, on the cow, on the sheep. But there was one word that God added in Genesis that he did not animals. This key word is what makes you and I different from goat and sheep. This is what makes us special. By the time you look at Genesis 1.22, even though the Bible said that God blessed them and God said be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, but God did not add one word. Do you know the word that God did not add when he said that thing to man? He did not add the word subdue. The only added the word subdue the earth. He did not tell the animals to subdue the earth, but he told the animals to, to replenish the earth, to be fruitful, to multiply, but he removed the word subdue. So it simply means there is something about subduing the earth as human being that, that is needed for you and I to fulfill our mandate. What does subdue mean? You know, when you look at the word subdue from the Hebrew perspective, it actually means to subject something by force. And when you subject it to force, it means to probe, to probe the thing. So for instance, when a nation conquers another territory, the first thing is to conquer that territory. The next thing is to probe the country of their resources. That is that they have now been subdued. So you conquer it, take charge, then you be, they will begin to probe that country. So you see that they will carry their gold away, carry their silver, carry them captive. That means that they are now probing them. In fact, it's not a good word to use, but one of the words to use is to rape something. So when you subdue, you need to rape it by force. Bring the thing out by force. What does God mean? You see, God, when he created you and I, said, for you are not as a human being if you do not develop the ability to subdue the earth. You see, human being, what makes us special is that we are able to subdue the tree and we are able to bring paper out of the tree. We bring rubber out of some trees. We bring tissue paper out of trees. But no animal has been able to do that. Human beings subdue tomatoes and we brought in tomatoes out of it we subdue we subdue the road the road the rough road and we made it a good road against the wishes of the road itself we subdue forest and we are able to know that this one is timber this one is cocoa this one is this but for the animals they can only eat and eat and multiply and eat and multiply you see if you and i you are not subduing in any area that god has put you put 
you, you are not fulfilling your destiny. If all you are doing as a human being is to marry, to give birth, to wake up in the morning and to eat, then you have reduced yourself to Genesis 1.22 because that is the basic minimum standard for all animals. Is somebody with me? If all you do in life is just to eat, to have sex, to multiply, you see, you are not living the mandate of God. You must subdue. Subduing is what makes you a human being. Probing things. Whoever did this nice attachment is fulfilling the mandate that God gave to her. By the way, this is from Mommy IK anyway. All right? It's nice. It means that she used her intellect to be able to produce this. The person that produced this bag in the church subdued this material. The same material that some will have looked away was able to subdue it, all right, and bring something good out of it. The question I want to ask you today is, what have you subdued in 2021? What are you subduing? What are you probing? Look around. Subdued. We are not just made to live off now. Each time you cook soup, each time we cook soup, and I know that some of us know how to cook good soup. Right. What you are doing is that you are subduing at that moment. Because the animals cannot subdue. That's why you see that they, 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 they are, the carnivores just see the meat and eat it that way. The herbivores uh, just see the leaf and eat it that way. But the human being, when our subdued cells comes, uh, we carry the vegetable. We go and look for this. We look for the oil. We look for the maggie. We look for the meat. And we put all of them together and Edikaikon has landed. My good God. Some of you are dreaming already about what I'm saying. That is subduing. That is subduing. But when you just carry the vegetable and wash it and start eating it like that, like a goat, you are not leaving your mandate. Praise God. So, you must understand by the word subdue that those who engage themselves in subduing are the ones that the blessing flows to. They are the one that the resources flows to. For instance, we've taught in church, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together. Look at it, and running over. Now a lot of people stop at that. But the clause that says, shall God cause men to give to you. So in other words, if you give, but you don't have relationship with men, you will not receive. But we only think that, oh, give and it shall be given. Give and it shall be given. But Bible says, we God cause men. So you must be, you must be someone who have good relationship with human beings. So that they can actually think of giving. So that God can use them to be able to bless. But most of us as Christians, we stop at the point of just saying, give and it shall be what? Giving. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. Another thing that good measure, shake it together, running over is talking about that. You must have the capacity to also what? Receive. So when you are giving, but don't develop your capacity to receive, you are missing out. For instance, if you hear a prophecy 
such a will as this week as a human being, as a fisherman in church. Hey, brother XYZ, the Lord, you are going to catch a whale this week. Now, you can take that prophecy from at face value and think that, oh, you just get away. But I'm telling you, it simply means that it's time for you to change how you fish. Because you cannot catch a whale with a hook. Is somebody hearing me? You cannot catch a whale with a hook. With just a line. So, it simply means if you are a child of God, you believe in that prophecy, then you must ask yourself, what does it require of me to catch a whale? What are the things that I need to catch a whale? So, it simply means that even if I used a small boat before, right, I need to change my boat, invest in changing my boat to be able to accommodate what? A whale. But do you know what most of us do as Christians? That we receive the prophecy of the whale... And we expect that one way or the other, God in his infinite mercy, we just make the way land in your hook like that. Is that not what we do? No, is that not what we do? So we say, yes, in church, the prophet prophesied to my life that my, my fishing business is going to get well this week. But you see, you have to probe that prophecy. You have to subdue that prophecy. You have to then engage your mind into knowing what is required of me to have the capacity to catch a whale. So you know that today, because of this prophecy, I, I need to stop fishing with line and hook. I need to go and get the big net. You know that this small boat, if the whale should enter this boat, it will sink me and I will become the supper for the whale. So you have to know that I need to change the style. But most Christians leave all the responsibility of that prophecy to God. They don't develop the capacity and what is required of them to catch the whale. And they just go back in fishing inside the drainage. And believe that one way or the other, I will just wake up one day and whale will just land. True or not true? That is where people laugh at us as Christians. We, we have now become the source of mockery to the world. Now, as I begin to teach this principle today, see, all my life, I think after I, I, I finished secondary school, I've only, I only worked for people, um, for, I was employed for about two years. So that means for over 20 years of my life, I've actually been running business. And by the grace of God, if I've been able to run a business the corner here to to pay that my business outside Nigeria and I'm able to at least do something internationally with foreign nationals. So I'm not just talking to you in this for over 20 years of my life. And it means that I know what I'm talking about. And it's time we face the reality and change how we think and do things as Christians so that we can fulfill um, it as children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's go deeper. There are two types of mentality a Christian can have. People have but I'm talking to us as Christians. Number one is what I call the wilderness mentality believer. The wilderness mentality believer. What do I mean by the word wilderness mentality? Wilderness mentality was 
when the Lord brought them out of Egypt, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And in that 40 years, they did, they do, they did not need to do anything. Manna was raining from heaven. Chicken was falling from heaven. They will come out from their camp every morning and they will see food flooded the floor. All they needed to do was to just go and pick the bread, pick the chicken, go inside and cook. And every Friday, they double. And they don't have to work on Saturday, which was the Sabbath day. Christians too today have what I call that wilderness mentality that I don't need to do much when I believe God for prosperity to just fall down like that. Manna will just fall from heaven. So most of us, when we give, you we give so that it can be given to us. But the bad so such Christians is that you cannot fulfill your mind like that. You cannot be great that way because even the Almighty God at the point ceased manna. Manna stopped. When was the time that the manna stopped? The manna stopped in Joshua chapter 5 from verse 12 when they were at the gate of the promised land. And the Bible said on that occasion, when they got there for the first time, they harvested crops from, the, from around the people. Okay, so, And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten the old corn. Give me NLT, please. NLT. NLT. Look at what NLT said. New Living Translation. Who is there, please? No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the land, and it was never seen again. So from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. Why? Because now the environment has changed. You see, in the wilderness, they, they cannot farm in the desert. There was no water in the desert. There was nothing that can make their crops to grow in the desert. There was nothing that can make their animals to be fed naturally in the desert. So God had to do something special because of that occasion. But amazingly, most people go back to this manner mentality, fast and pray for money and for financial prosperity and do nothing at all. Forgetting that manna is only for desert situation. Situation where help is naturally impossible. Situation where you cannot farm. Situation where you cannot naturally, you cannot do anything. That is what manna is meant for. The moment the thing is not the same way, that circumstance is not the same way, no matter how much you fast and pray, you will not get manna. So if anybody has deceived you, that you don't need to do anything or engage your mind or brain as a Christian, the person is your worst enemy. You better run away from such a person. And that's why a lot of Christians are poor today. Because we just want manna from heaven. It doesn't work that way. The second mentality is the promised land mentality. Which is what most of us need to have. Promised land mentality or what I call Canaan mentality or land mentality. You see, when the manna ceased, the mentality is the balanced view that I even though me, I know I still have fights. And it 
am I now come? In other words, God sent his own soldier to fight with them. But go to Joshua chapter 6. Even though the angel of God came down to fight with them. So, so it's told that you have to march for seven days. You have to blow your trumpet. And when the wall of Jericho fell down flat, all right, you have to rush into the place and go and fight with your sword and kill them. How come the angel that was drawn close to death? There's a place for work. There's a place for the supernatural and there's a place for engaging our mind. Even the angel had the sword, but the angel did not kill one human being on their behalf. Said, now, I've, I've been doing it for you. Now you have to do it for yourself. You see, you must understand two things. There are two aspects of the life of the children of Israel. The period of power Power brought them out of Egypt. Moses will lift up his rod like this and the rest sea will part. Flies will take over. Water was turning to blood. But when it was time to enter into the promised land, it was wisdom and promised land. Problem is not fasting and prayer. Your problem sometimes is ignorance. And amazingly, prayer and fasting don't put knowledge. If it does, I will have passed my first wayek. I failed woefully because instead of being hard, I was fasting and praying for 21 days to pass wayek. And like I've told you that story, F9 was my family and friend. I failed woefully. Until I had to realize that truth. That prayer and fasting don't put knowledge in there. It only magnifies what you have read. Praise God. Now, we are going to take a study of a woman. In 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7. And I want you to follow this story very well. This is a story of a woman that will show the place of power and wisdom. When it comes to financial prosperity, business Career, so business success, career success. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. Now, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest thy servants did fear the Lord. 
And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bond men. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do? Tell me what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thy hand made us nothing, not anything in the house, save or bought a pot of oil. I think you need to underline that part. To be a prophet that Elisha is, he must be a prophet. But how come God did not solve his problem? This man of God, this strong Christian in our, in our own contest, died poor. Now they are going to now take over his property and his children. This will not be our own portion. Verse 3 then said, Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad. Of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Verse 4. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. Verse 6. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. The oil stayed. Why did the oil stay? We will get to know. Verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go. This is where we have the paradigm of selling now. This is where today's title came from. Go. Sell the oil. Go sell the oil. This is the paradigm of selling. This is the scripture where the paradigm of selling, the context of today's selling title came from. Go sell the oil and pay thy debt and leave and thou and the leave thou and thy children of the rest. Now, the first thing you will observe here is when this woman came to Elisha. Elijah asked, what I do for you? What I do for you? The first question Elijah asked, which is for you? And um, the second thing that Elijah asked her is, what do you have in your house? What shall I do for you? What do you have in your house? What shall I do? Power. What do you have? Wisdom. What shall I do for you? Power. What do you have in your house? Wisdom. These two combinations to enjoy true success in life. The move of God. The question is, what should God move upon? What should God move upon? The move of God. Power. It must be balanced. It must be balanced. Now, number one, Recognize what you have. You have to recognize what you have. He said, I wrote that God can do nothing outside of what you have in your hand. Every man is a creator of value. 
No man is born empty. You are a creator of value. Every one of us were born with a gift. Every man that you see wandering in abject poverty is a man or a woman who has undermined what God has placed inside of you. You are busy looking for other things without asking yourself, what do I have? You see, what you have may look so natural to you, but it is what is needed to be a solution to other people's problems. Some of us have told you that you talk too much. You know, you talk too much. You talk too much. You talk too much. But you know that it is a blessing to be able to talk too much. Because some people are always short of words. Now you have to ask yourself, why is it that God gave me the ability to talk too much? Because for instance, those masters today, they just come there and talk and the people pay them for talking. Comedians today are just making money from what? Talking and making people laugh. And they're becoming millionaires because they did not undermine what they have. The woman said, I had nothing. That was not knowing that you have something. You are a creator of value. You see, until you know what you have, of God cannot magnify anything. Zero times zero is what? Why? No value. But zero times one. Can it be zero? No. Is somebody with me? Why did the prophet die in debt? Even though the oil was there. Even though God could have used that oil to bless him. But the prophet perhaps did not believe in the oil in his house. Another prophet looked at it and said, ah, but you have oil now. God can do something with this oil. But the other prophet, what do you have? I don't get money. I don't get oil. I don't get oil. I don't get oil. The oil that was there, that the man was still in debt, was the same oil that the power of God breathed upon and paid the same debt. What do you have in your hand? The first step to success is to ask yourself, what do I have? You have something. The next thing you will observe in that story of building capacity. You have to build your capacity. So, first thing is that recognize what you have. The next thing is, by the time you recognize what you have, the next thing you need to do is build capacity. Build your capacity. The prophet said to the woman, Go and borrow vessels. She borrowed the vessel was filled up. The oil stayed. God will not bless you beyond your capacity. Your capacity determines how far you can go. Most of us are where we are today because we stop developing our capacity. For some of us, the day we finished secondary school, you just felt glory, hallelujah, I'm free from the teacher. That is it. For some of us, the day we earn our first degree, the, 
This was the machine I grew up operating. We would use this machine. told me that the world has gone beyond a particular type of machine. And you know, I used to sew with it when I was small. If I don't know how to do it, I can't be able to do it. And this fed my family for a long time. But she told me, there are better machines now. But amazingly, there are people who graduated with this, who have not grown their capacity to operate outside of this. So by the time you sew with this particular machine, you cannot compare the result of your sewing with someone who have gone to know and develop the capacity to operate. Do you understand? So you were trained with this. You see, education only gives you the foundation majorly to develop the art of reasoning, to develop your thinking capacity. What you learn in school is not the final thing you need to become great in life. 2021, you are complaining that God has not blessed you. But you see, God is still blessing you. Your capacities so agree and do something, but it's, it has been very difficult. But I said, No, I need to do something, I want something, and I don't like to kill. When I start online, it's greater. This year, we had to enroll for an online degree course. So, oftentimes, when I finish the service. Like about two Sundays ago, I was writing an example nobody knew. He said, when I finish the service, you see me go inside that office. I'm reading. I'm reading. And I will read for two hours, three hours. Then there are times that people, have so, people were surprised to actually see that after service, I will go into the office and write exam. Is it about the money? No. You see, this brain is meant to is meant to the moment you stop engaging your brain, it starts to decline. That is why some of us cannot remember some of the things we are taught. So, as long as you are getting engaged in things that are making, stressing your brain, thinking, engaging your brain capacity, that is how you will develop. It, it, it is about money. I don't I have let that out. So I can say at this level of my life that I am okay. To a large extent. But that, life is not about just having money in the bank. There is more to life. But amazingly, I have seen people who are still struggling to eat. Who will not add any extra skill. For years. No extra skill. And they keep complaining. I said to myself, you see, your problem is that you haven't really seen any challenge. You are not developing your capacity. And you want God to bless you. And you know, if I say this morning, God is going to make you a millionaire. Some of us, a lot of us will say amen. We love that prophecy. But if you actually believe in that prophecy, you have to ask yourself, how do I manage one millionaire? 
Because some of us have not even read any book of management. That's what the course we are doing in January. Normally we fast 21 days. I told her, I said, we are going to fast 14 days. Do the course for six weeks. Then we'll fast the remaining one week after the course. So everything you have learned, then God will give you the wisdom to know how to do it. We are teaching people financial management this year. In the course, we have an, a, a, an entire module on our course on financial management. We are going to teach. Because you see, everything is not the devil. A lot of things will, and some of us, the devil, the devil will say, oh boy, I'll not be your problem. True. And even the devil will be reporting you like Job to God. Say, God is accusing me. What is your child? Because and when, they, when we want to deceive ourselves, we bind and bind and bind. I think the first thing you need to bind is the level of your ignorance. I've seen fashion designers now who all they still know is this. You don't have to own one before you know how to operate one. And in this era, so let me say this to you. There are different ages in the history of men. So then we have the stone age. When human beings knew how to use stone to build. We have the bronze age. When they discovered bronze. And to, and, and to make bronze. Then from there, we have what we call the metal age. That was when human beings developed the capacity to process iron, 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 and when bridges were being made, structures began to go high because we knew how to now mine iron. But do you know the age that you and I are? We have passed the stone age, we have passed the bronze age, we have passed the metal age. The age you and I are is called the information age. It simply means... If you don't know how to process information, you are done for in this generation. If you don't know how to engage in things, and all this traitor, all this, and information age is all about knowing how to process what information. Praise God. Number three, selling. Selling. You realize that if even when the miracle of the prophet told the woman and said, Go sell. sell. Go and sell. It simply means that God is not going to sell for you. It simply means, you see, she had the oil had multiplied. She came. To the prophet, see what has happened. The oil has multiplied, and the Lord said, The prophet said, Now, madam, you are owing, so you need to go and know how to sell this oil, turn this oil to money, and go and pay your debt. How come Elisha cannot prophesy that all this oil has not been sold? Receive the money. No, you gotta open your mouth and go and sell. What does that mean for you and I today? It means you and I have whatever God has given to you. You have to know how to market it. You need to develop how to market what God has put in your hand. You need to be able to sell the value you have. Most of us are not selling anymore. We, we have not acquired the skill to sell. In the training we are going to do in January, there's another module on this. The auto market. In fact, on Tuesday, on Tuesday, we are, we are going to, it's not the normal service we are having on Tuesday. We're going to see a 
people coming here to discuss your business and technology on those how to sell and you can ask questions and answer on tuesday because see i just realized we don't we cannot just be talking bible bible we need the place of wisdom so we are going to talk about it on tuesday now what i'm saying is that you have the responsibility to learn to sell is on you now that means that that woman has to stand at the bus stop or wherever I say, do you need oil? Madam, I have this oil. This oil is this. This oil can do this. This oil, I say, how much is this? Five naira, oh yeah? She collected the first five naira. Then, she buy oil, oh, buy oil, buy oil, buy oil, buy oil, buy oil. And uh, somebody has to say, Madam, how much are you selling your oil? 20 naira. And they have to give her. Then she began to acquire money from selling. Even though the miracle provided the oil, she had to go and sell. God did not do the selling for her. What does this mean? Question is, how are you marketing what God has put? You are a product. You are a product. Amazingly, let me say this to Ron. Most Christians are no longer selling. Today, some of us don't even know how to operate on Instagram. You don't have an Instagram account. You don't have a Facebook account. You don't have you don't even know how to tweet. In where you are selling, 20 people are selling the same thing you are selling. Why should I buy from you? You see, getting and the art of selling is not the responsibility of God. God has given you all that you need to be blessed in life. You are the one that is not developing and selling it. You see, sisters today, our single sisters, for instance, they think, even married ones, they think that if some married people now have resorted to becoming the vigilante of their husband's phone, they supervise all the things. Where are you? Where are this? Where are that? You know? Or some sisters at 20-something, your breasts have started falling. The breasts are supposed to be pointing like writing like eraser. sisters in church for instance that you are not wearing bra oh, I'm, i've had cases like that more in this in this same church and i said to myself these are wilderness people mentality that now they even want god to put his hand in their breast and the angel should be hanging the breast for them oh that is what they are saying because i don't know why <laughs> you're a single or a married woman will joke with our most valuable asset one of them which is Am I still praying? Yeah. Oh, you see some brothers. Some mothers said they want to marry. And I said to myself, even if I be God, I will not give my daughter to this one. When you blow the English. Or when you open your mouth. You want to marry a sister. And when you say, hello sister. The thing that comes out is jams and corona. All of them put together. Who will want to marry you like that? The sister has a degree. You have from her she, She's earning 60,000. You are earning no thousand. And you want to marry her. Oh, let's get serious. No, let's get serious. Who does that? Only Christians sometimes does that. I say, I'm a spiritual brother. I can fast and pray. Me, I don't marry such people like that too. 
I will look at you very well. I say, you see, you and this sister, there will be a problem in this marriage. Go and add to your work. But people don't like it. I know that it cannot work. I know it can't work. Because it takes more than spirituality to bring, build a good marriage. And you see, when you don't sit up as a brother, you only give the woman a problem because she will be intimidating you in the marriage. You will feel intimidated and inferior yourself. Let's look at the art of marketing by Naomi. A, woman, a single lady called Ruth was not yet married. And she got an opportunity to see a man and called Boaz. I'm not trying to tell you to be flirty. That's not what we are teaching. But what I'm simply saying is that, you see, not everything depends on what? Prayer, spirituality. So in Ruth chapter 3 verse 1, look at what Naomi said to Ruth. One day Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it is time that I found a permanent home for you. So, so that you will be provided for. Verse 2, he then said, Boaz is a close relative of ours and has been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young men. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Verse 3, now do as I tell you. Take a bath. Take a bath. Give me NLT. NLT. Ready from NLT now. Take a bath. And what should you do with it? After you take a bath, put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. <laughs> this was actually. Say, I know you speak in tongues. I know you are a godly girl. But now you need to take your bath. You know, girls don't like bathing. Yeah, you may not agree. Statistics have shown that most girls don't like bathing. Most girls don't like bathing. I, it's an irony. You think that girls should like bathing more than brothers. But statistics show the other way. Most girls don't like... So Naomi has to tell her, oh girl, bath very well. Change this... You have been wearing this clothes for three days. Change it. Change your clothes. You see, it's wisdom. Some of us now, if the angels of God were to open Expose what we are wearing under. It's been one week. One week. Refurbishing the same underwear. One week. And you are saying, God of Elijah, send my husband. If you are God, will you send husband like that? The second example of the importance of marketing, David, the greatest king of Israel. In 4 Samuel chapter 17, verse 24, the Bible says, As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away. This was Goliath in fright. Verse 25. Have you seen the giant? The men ask, He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. Do you know something? David did not tell Saul about himself. It was people that told Saul about David. All that David did was like, eh, this is the problem you people have. Me, I can do this guy. I can, within five minutes, I finished him. I, this guy, I finished him. I said, oh, but what did you talk? I said, this one is a big for nothing. Now look at him. By the time I, this guy, so why are you all running? And the Bible said, he kept asking the question. Over the years of people, 
And by the time he kept talking about it, eventually he got to the ears of the right person, the, the personal assistant of Saul. And he said, Obawala, he says, ah, see, me, me, David, I can kill this guy. So, ah, we have an ogre. And king, king, there's a boy who have been saying all around the place. I'm sure it must have been days of saying the same thing, marketing himself. Saul did not just pick David. In fact, when David got to Saul's presence, by the time he finished read, Saul said, don't be close. What are you saying this boy? He said, oh, God, leave that one. You see, let me tell you something. Eh? You see, my father had bled some sheep. I have killed the lion. You know what it means to kill a lion? The lion came, and I did like this. I, I did this step of like, look at me, seven years old. I was able to. Saul said, Do you know what it means for Saul to risk the entire the life of over five million people and place their destiny on a 17-year-old boy? David was a good talker. That was the first thing he had. His mouth was the money. It's not money you need. Start with what you have. Start with what you have. It's what you have that will attract what you need. That's the law of attraction. What are the lessons we can learn from this? Number one, David kept asking questions in a way and manner that made the soldiers talk about him. Samuel chapter, 4 Samuel chapter 17, verse 31 to 32. He kept asking the question over and over again. Number two, he turned away from those who don't believe in his product. Number two, he turned away from those who did not believe in product. His brothers did not believe in him. They became familiar. You see, if you are going to be successful in your career and you are going to be successful in your business, you should know that not everybody will want to patronize you. So that people are not patronizing you and are gay, gay does not mean that your product is bad. It just means that the environment does not need what you have. When I, I, I opened Apple Store in Admiralty in Lekki, how come I did not open it at Abule right here? Because people in Abuleba use Android phones. They don't believe too much in uh, Apple phones. So it will have taken a lot of fasting and prayer. If Can you then imagine, if I have gone to open, maybe we open the Apple store in Kabia Street here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And they come and say, one iPhone is 1.2 million. Wait, he passed me. We use a make call and drop call. Ah, ah, oh, God, take it. By the time they finish, they phone. Why? Because you see, that is not the right environment. You see, the reason why some of us are becoming frustrated with what God has given to you is allowing the environment to determine the value of what you have. You must know that that you are not selling does not mean necessarily mean you have a bad product. It only means that you are in the wrong environment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, you see, those of you who don't know the importance of going to school, let me say this. We don't just go to, to get certificates. We go to school to have the right folks around our life. You see, school helps you to network with the right people that will be relevant in tomorrow in at the point in time in your life. 
Imagine the MD of Zenith Bank is your colleague in university. At least you say, ah, Ovia, oh boy, wait till your brother they hungry. Uh -uh. Shall we, we finish? Uh, you, now my book, you take past the exam now. What's in the happen now? You understand what I'm saying? It will still, that's the power of relationship. You see, relationship opens door more than your CVs. You see, that's why you see us talking about, now we talk about social care group we are developing in church. We just want people to connect. We want people to develop relationship. Church is more than a place to just come, amen, amen, hallelujah. You see, the, the, once that relationship can open more for you. Praise God. Number three. Are you still being blessed this morning? You must fight to overcome. You must fight to overcome. Okay, I'm trying to pull up something on my slide. Okay, you must fight to overcome the forces of discouragement. And I will, from there, we'll continue the next point in second service. Fight to overcome the forces of discouragement. There is no career line or business line that does not come with its own challenges. If success is something to, easy to come by, everybody in the world will have been successful. Successful people are those who know how to take advantage of discouraging situations. Those who are not successful get to the point of discouragement and they give up. That's why only few are successful. I was telling one brother in church recently, I said, when I give you something to do, if you have not tried it 1,000 times, don't tell me it has not worked. It cannot work. Because you, see, you try something five times, six times, seven times, say, it's not my calling. You have only learned seven ways that you should not do it. Keep on trying it unless God is saying, don't do it. Most of us, we give up too early. You see, when I was going to start my, um, the, the, my business on the island, you see, I went to America to learn, to become certified. And uh, I remember collecting money from friends and loved ones and um, to go for that training. So I became the first certified technician in Nigeria. When I came back, the little product I bought to set up that business, by the following week, my, that office was buckled and everything was taken away. So, but it's like, what are you going to do? I have dealt with burglar. In fact, there was a time that I helped somebody in church, all right, in one of the outlets I set up. And the person, when we closed, got the key of the office, arranged for people to come and carry all the in the place away and ran to Ghana. Does that mean you should not help people anymore? Does that mean that you should not do? You see, to be successful in life, you must be an expert in telling yourself, I would never give up. Most of us just enter into a career line, into business, with money in mind, not knowing that if it was that easy to make money in that field, everybody would have been successful there. Should, why is it that most people, only few people are so successful there? Because a lot of people started, but they could not finish. Will you also want to join them and not succeed? It's not easy to go to school. You see, this, in my school, this particular semester, I've been thinking how I'm going, I should like, should like just see, because I'm reading paper for service, having a calendar for 2022. So, sometimes on, on, on Friday, I was away from 9 o'clock till around 5 a.m., from about 9 p.m. till 5 a.m., walking throughout the night, walking. And you see somebody who say, eh, you know, I, I told someone, every day there is no day. I have a cat. When my coffee finish, I have, I buy coffees in cartons. 
not in such it. Because I needed to amplify my life. He said, you want to study, you are sleeping up. You say it's demon. You are, why can't you just buy coffee? How was I able to study from 9 to 5? On my computer, working. So you think we just wear suits and come here and preach and do things. No, that is, life is more than that. Life is more than that. Let's get serious. Determine that you'll be successful. You must deal with element of discouragement. There will be times in your business you may be there for one week. No customer will come. It does not mean that you can you should give up. Reevaluate. There will be time that you are unemployed in a season for life. It does not mean that you should give up. Reevaluate. During that period of your life, take a new course, develop some skills. Maybe the way you are marketing your CV is the problem. Because you are a product. How are you marketing yourself? Finally, in this service, you focused on the bigger picture. David focused on the bigger picture. This is now the turning point of the whole thing. You see, money, making money is not the end means for us as Christians. It's a means to the end. This is the point that, now this is the junction a child of God gets to in his career and business life then you see the difference between us and the worldly people in the world. First Samuel 17, verse 46 to 47. Look at what David said. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And he continued, pause. Do you know something? Between 37, verse 37 of 1 Samuel 17, and verse 47, between 10 verses, David and God was mentioned about eight times. Eight times you said, God, Lord, God, Lord, God. Meanwhile, he still sharpened his skills to throw the javelin. He sharpened his skills to be able to do what he needed to do. But still, he knew that God has a place in this thing. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, Let your light so shine before all men, that they may see your good work and glorify God. You see, as children of God, we are made for more. Do you know why evangelism nowadays is beyond just going to share tracts? You see, God puts us in those marketplaces to draw attention of people, not to ourselves, but to God. You see, when a child of God is doing what he ought to do well, when people like Elon Musk and Facebook and maybe people like um, Tim Cook of um, Apple will declare openly that, oh, uh, someone like Tim Cook say, I'm a gay. And they will use their success to promote the agenda of worldliness. A child of God's success is used to promote the agenda of heaven. So it does not mean that don't believe in work, but I pray. As if I don't believe in work, I work as if I don't believe in prayer. This balance, when people then look at me, they say that I, at the same time I'm a faithful Christian. This was the mentality that Joseph had. That was how come Joseph was able to win more souls in Egypt than even his brothers who ne were never there. This was the mentality that Daniel had. That by the time Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego withdrew in the land of Babylon, all the kings served God. Why? But they were full in the The same time, the mandate of 
understand. See, this was why Jesus never went for people who were unemployed, but went and looked for professionals, entrepreneurs. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, people are fishing for money. But you, you will do your fishing, but you will now do more than just making money. Listen to me. If all you do in your career is just to make money, then you have not fulfilled purpose. Because you are made for more. We are made for more. You can gather all the money. Bible says, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So, we are not there to make money. We make money and promote God. Because let them see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That is why we are different from the world. We are different. We will do well in our endeavors, and uh, we will sell the values of the kingdom of God. You see, when I became, when I began to grow in my profession, I always knew this in my heart. So that is why, you see, as I grew, I have made. If I, if you sit down with me in my office, I remember one of the vice president, former vice president, um, was came to our office one time to do something, and you know, I sat with him, and we began to discuss about economics. You see, he was so impressed. That's why I know that Banana Island is not the most expensive place in Lagos. There's another one that is not advertised. Everywhere that you remote control from the light to the generator to everything is, I'm telling you, there's a but it's not made popular. It's on the island. By the time he took me to his house, he was so impressed. You see, I knew I was going to sell Jesus to him. But you see, I did not just say, hey, be born again, be this and that. Let your so shine that they will see your good work and glorify God. Your father which is in heaven. Why are you a fashion designer? The rest of your friends are fashion designers with the end means of making fame and money. But you are a fashion designer with the end means of using your fashion to advertise. You see, you are there in that office. The rest are just taking a salary. But by the time they know it in that office, you are doing well and God is being glorified. Because that is why we are children of God in the business world. We need to go back to the marketplace with the agenda of heaven in mind. We are not of this world. We are made for more. You see, the person that did this air, can, the excellence of this air, by the time she's doing it, people can be looking at them, you shall be air very well. You say, yeah, I learned to do the air, but at the same time, I wanted to know that God loves excellence. You can't just see the way he made the heavens and the earth and all that there is. You see, you are doing the air but you are using the air to promote the kingdom agenda. That is why we are. We are made for more. You know, I jumped in on the conversation of David Doe this week for the first time. When I saw a Twitter thread, people were saying, oh, why will people give to him? I saw an opportunity to preach the gospel. I didn't just jump on it. You see, I, 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 I did a screenshot of, um, of it, it, I got the highest Twitter view and likes, right? During that David Doe giving challenge. Because you see, I said, how can I take advantage of this situation? I'm pouring. So you see, when I done, I first tweeted. Somebody criticized. Then I said to the person, I said, I agree with your view. That people should not have given to him. You know something, brother? There's also a biblical aspect to this. Then I quoted Matthew 13, 12. To him that have, 
more shall be given. To him that have not, the one that he had shall be taken away. And I said, didn't you see that when Rugged Man came online to, to, to ask for money, people abused him. When this celebrity came, people did not give to her. But when David do ask, people give. What, did, what was the reason? Because he added value to whatever he's doing. And you know, it was people thought I was talking about David do, but I began to market Jesus. By the time I finished my tweet, I have preached. Is there? And you can follow my trailer. Is there? I have preached more. Just taking hold of the conversation. Not everybody will give their life to Christ. But you say, brother, be born again. They want to see what that Jesus has done in your life. And the Jesus that is not helping you to succeed in your career will not be marketed well. It is time we know that God wants us to excel. Let us take our career, all that God has given to us. It's not just to make money. We will make the money. But you see, we will bring more people to God. That is why we are in the marketplace. So we need to go back to marketplace this week where God has placed you and says to myself, I am made for more. I am made for more, I'm more than salary. It's not just about salary. It's not about money. There is more to my life. This will be your inspiration to begin to add value. Add value. Add value to everything you are doing. I see God like I see a generation of new Daniels rising up to take the Babylon of their marketplace. I see a new generation of Joseph taking the Egypt of this world for God. I see your good work glorifying God even as you go forth this week in the name of Jesus. Somebody stand to your feet with me as we pray this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lift your voice and just glorify him this morning. Lift your voice, somebody, and just give him praise. You are made for more. You are made for more. Excellence is not an option. You are made for more. You are made. So lift your voice and just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for what you have heard this morning. Thank the Lord for his word. Thank the Lord for the inspiration of his word. Thank the Lord because he has called us to excellence and virtue. It is time to begin to probe, to probe, to probe, to probe. To probe, to probe the earth and bring forth good things out of it. Lift your voice, somebody, and just bless the name of the Lord. Thank Him for what you have heard this morning. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise this morning. We give you glory, Lord. We give you the honor. We give you the adoration. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Listen to me. Everything God has placed in your hand can be used for his glory. Everything. 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 I was sharing with our leaders. On Twitter now, prostitutes are marketing themselves. I did a screenshot. A lady will say, do you want to have me for dinner tonight? And she posted everything. And I told the married people, say, it's time to step up our game for God. I don't know your career line this morning. I don't know the business you are doing. But I want to pray. Lord, now strengthen me with fresh zeal to do more. Lord, in my career, in my, I'm lifting my career life. I'm lifting my business, Lord. Today, I pray, help me to fulfill your purpose in this career. Help me to fulfill your 
purpose in this my business. Lord, help me to do more. Help me to lay hold of, of what you have given to me in the marketplace to bring glory to you. Now pray, reach off of what I just pray. Lord, give, I pray for the grace to do more. In this my career line, in this my business line, Lord, help me to do more. Help me to do more for you. Help me to do more for you, Lord. Help me to do more for you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help me to do more. Pray for yourself. You are not born to be a failure. You are born to succeed. You are born to bring glory to God. Lord, help me to do more for you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, help me to do more. Help me to do more. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now, one more time I want to pray concerning every challenge or challenges that may be confronting you in your career life, in your business life. I say, as I go into this week, Lord, by your wisdom, help me to rise above the challenges and to experience new level of success. By your wisdom, Lord, help me to rise above every challenges confronting my business, confronting my career. And Lord, help me to rise above it and to have new level of success in it. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Leharab hok shakata baya baba. Rimondo shinde librataya baya mire bede bede bede. Sukataya daranda mushanda liboranda masiketeya. Oh yes, that we will do more, Lord. That we will do more, Lord. That we will do more, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray concerning the challenge. Challenges confronting our career, confronting our business, Lord. We pray, Lord, concerning them this morning, we by your wisdom, by your power, Lord, and we rise above them in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and pray for yourself this morning. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Finally, you see, there are opportunities everywhere. Those of you who are employed, one of the dangers that makes people lose their job that when they are employed, they are part of the cargo and not part of the crew. In a ship, there are two teams, the cargo and the crew members. When the ship wants to sink, they get rid of the cargoes. They don't get rid of the crew. So wherever you are working, ask yourself, where am I? Am I, am I in the cargo? On the crew and do everything to be part of the crew because no matter what happens in that business the crew is will still be needed for that ship to keep going on so you take more than salary begin to pray god open my eyes to see the value i can add to this business that can make me part of the crew and not just cargoes are only thinking of salary crew they have ownership attitude they know that the ship is theirs. But as for the cargo, when the storm comes, it's offloaded. So I want you to pray, Lord, as I go into this week, open my eyes to see opportunities that can help me do more. More than salary, more than just going to work, more than just business. Lord, open my, God can open your eyes. So pray, Lord, open my eyes to see opportunities around me and the wisdom to take advantage of them. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Pray, just believe God. Lord, open my eyes to see opportunities. 
all around me, whatever the opportunities are in my place of work, opportunities that are there for me to be part of the crew member, opportunity for me to dominate the business world. Lord, open my eyes to see. Open my eyes to see opportunities. I refuse to be blinded to my purpose. I refuse to be blinded to opportunities. In the name of Jesus, open my eyes, Lord, to see opportunities all around me and God unto me the wisdom to take advantage of them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, open my eyes to see opportunities and grant me the wisdom to take advantage of them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Now, before I pray with you, maybe you are here this morning, you are not born again. Maybe you are watching online or joining everywhere and you are not born again, but you want to make Jesus your Lord and personal Savior today. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus because you need the power of God also. It's wisdom and power. Salvation is power. Nothing can replace salvation. So, so it's time you have a personal relationship with God because he wants to teach you to profit. So if you want me to pray for you to give your life to Jesus, or you used to be born again, but you want to rededicate, you want to say, Pastor, I've backslidden in my walk with God. I want to be, I want to be, I want to come back to Jesus. Just place your right hand on your chest. I want to pray with you very quickly right now. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. If you want to be born again, just place your hand. If you want to rededicate your life, just place your hand and say this word after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today for giving me the opportunity to build a solid relationship with you. Today, Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that you died for my sins. You rose from the grave. Today, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart to you. Please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Please wash all my sins away with your precious blood. And please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping me to rededicate my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for those who have made this important decision today. We are, we are here to please you with our lives. I pray for everyone wherever they are. Those who feel like committing suicide right now. That all those suicide is broken over their lives. In the name of Jesus. Those who are depressed right now. The spirit of depression is lifted. In the name of Jesus. A sin that has surrendered or rededicated their life to Christ. Lord Jesus, I ask that you reign in their lives. Let these ones be rooted and grounded in your kingdom, Lord. Let them be fruitful believers in Christ. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your mighty deliverance that has taken place this morning. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Shout amen. Now I pray for everyone under the unction and the influence of my voice this morning. You will not live a wasted life. I pray for you today that the Lord will breathe upon what you have and turn it to something that will bless the world. In the name of Jesus, I pray for your career today. I pray for businesses. I pray for your careers and businesses. 
that the rain of the blessings of God will fall on it afresh in the name of Jesus. I pray that what is frustrating others in that career, in that business, will not frustrate you anymore. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says darkness may cover the earth, cross darkness the people, but the Lord will arise upon you. His glory shall be seen upon your life. I pray concerning your career and your business that the glory of God will be more visible in this your career, in this your business, in the name of Jesus. The wisdom to, to do the things that will bring prosperity, that will bring promotion, that will bring breakthrough. Receive that wisdom in this season. In the name of Jesus, you are going to stand out in the name of Jesus. And at the end of it all, may your relationship with God in this business, in this career, flourish. May this your career and business be an avenue where many will come to know Jesus because of you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name we are praying. Shout a louder amen, somebody. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Glory be to God. You may please be seated. Our time is almost fast spent, so I need to just make one or two announcements. Before we close, I want us to bring out our offering. This is, we are giving because we are Christians. Our giving is promotional. Our giving is to promote the kingdom of heaven, to make Jesus known with every resources he has blessed us with. So when we give